Hey, we're back. Want to do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. What should we talk about? I want to talk about helicopters. This is episode number eight. Hey, you made it. You are officially halfway through the week. Congrats. And welcome to our Hump Day special edition of your 17 Minutes Podcast. So please relax, lay back, take your shoes off, and let your feet breathe. You are now prepared for my friend and your host, La Fool and A. Okay, we can talk about helicopters. We can talk about Apache helicopters. We want to talk about Black Hawk helicopters. We want to talk about... I want to talk about Chinooks. And I want to talk about the Chinooks that got sent from Oregon over to Afghanistan just in May of 2020. It looks like the National Guard out of Oregon deployed six of their Chinooks uh, and about 60 of their National Guard personnel, they went through um, some quick training, I think in Fort Hood, maybe, and then went to Afghanistan for the drawdown. And uh, I think as everybody is quite aware now, Oregon is struggling with some massive fires. There's over 500,000 people who have had to evacuate. I think over a million acres have burned. And a lot of people are raising hell saying, why did six Chinook helicopters get deployed to Afghanistan at the beginning of fire season when it's pretty clear that fire season uh, is going to continue to be a problem as the climate adjusts or changes over time? And uh, they've tried to make it a big deal. I wanted to get your opinion on that. It was just six helicopters. It was 60 personnel. And I know that Chinooks can carry up to, what is it? 44 or 60 personnel or huge amounts of cargo. So it makes sense to me that you would want that in Afghanistan if indeed there's a drawdown happening. What are your thoughts about deploying that from Oregon? Chinooks are called CH-47s. The CH stands for a cargo helicopter. Um, I haven't even looked this information up in a long time, but I do believe they carry about 36 personnel or so plus equipment, and that may be 36 with equipment, maybe 44 or so without, I'm, I don't really know. Uh, they can be used for many things, you, from regular troop and cargo carrying to special operations, which includes a thing called fast roping, which we can't really talk about. So when were they deployed exactly? Do you have that date? May 6th, there was a press release titled 60 Oregon National Guard citizen soldiers leave to train for Afghanistan mission. Um, so it looks like they departed Oregon on that date. Then they went, uh, they did go to Fort Hood to do some training, and then they were going to deploy to Afghanistan. It says here the unit will be using their Chinooks to carry cargo and equipment while resupplying areas around Afghanistan. The way that that probably went down is, first off, this type of training is scheduled anywhere from one year to six months in advance. No sooner than six months in advance, probably more like about a year in advance. So that's how long that's been on the books, A. B, when they went there, that's for, it's, it's a military unit you're saying, right? That's the National Guard unit? National Guard. It was pulled out of Pendleton, Oregon, Bravo Company, 1st Battalion, 168th Aviation Regiment. And it says how many troops went in total? 60. 60 troops on six cargo helicopters. That's ground crew and everything. So this is an aviation unit. So this isn't like a light infantry unit. This isn't like an engineer unit. An infantry unit could be used to help put out a fire 
if you can repurpose them for that, that's not in their metal task, which stands for mission essential task list. That's not in there. Like firefighting isn't one of their taskings. So they wouldn't be responsible for putting out fires anyway. However, you, you can train them to do that and say, hey, let's call it hey you mission. Hey, you come and do this. Uh, you guys have a a new mission and this is dealing with these fires. It's something that the National Guard can be used for, yes. I believe that normally in Oregon, they would be tasked to do that. There are some Blackhawks that did not go to Afghanistan from that National Guard unit that are already involved in firefighting. And these Chinooks apparently were part of the firefighting force. I don't know what to call it, uh, but they're just not available in Oregon. So you said that all of this would have been scheduled well in advance, a minimum of six months ago. So of course, they wouldn't have known that there was going to be as significant of a fire at this point. But does it make sense that a Western state that certainly has struggled for many years with wildfires, that their National Guard or their governor would make a choice to go ahead and have those units deployed? And actually, does the governor get involved at that point, or is that a, a federal decision, a federal call-up? Is that a federal call to go? Uh, it, it comes from the regular army chain of command that says, hey, we need this tasking. And so the the National Guard gets paid for that. So the governor may have said, okay, look at, you know, President, what do you need? He goes, we have this situation in Afghanistan. We're doing the drawdown. We need you to help us out. Can you do that? And the governor says, sure, what I, what I get for it? And they go, we're going to pay you for it. Oh, we get money? Okay, cool. They said, okay, so what's in the troops? And that's what that's what partly what it has to do with. They get paid for this. Those troops get detached and they fall under a regular army payroll, or actually it's a DOD payroll. And the DOD pays them to fly there. The equipment, like the, the, the helicopters themselves didn't fly to Afghanistan. I really doubt that. What happens is they went to Fort Hood, they did some training there, and then they probably went by ground on trucks, or they could have flown down to the coast where they put them on ships, and they shipped them over there. Basically, people who are frustrated and who are like, well, why did our helicopters go over there and why can't we get them back? Um, we need to understand that they've got to be shipped back and it's not something you can do in a week. It's a process, you know, so they're gone. They're they're on a mission there's no way the governor could have said, hey, you know what? I think a year from now, two Looney Tunes are going to set fire to a big part of our state. And from what I understand, two of those big fires was, were arsonist related. That's individual decide, well, I'm going to burn some stuff down. You can't count on that. You you know, you, you can't really plan around something like that. Right. That's what started the buyers. There's no way for them to foresee that. And you just can't say, look, we're just going to be sitting here with a thumbs up our butt waiting for something to happen. That's not what the National Guard really is supposed to be doing. There's different taskings. There's one group of National Guards that are on standby status. So if anything happens, they can deploy in a set period of time anywhere in the state. There's another that is on deployment, and that's these guys. And they're gone. They're, they're not on the payroll to do anything because they're, they're out on a, on a deployment. And there's a third set that's doing training. And so those are the three categories that they, three tiers, so to speak, that everybody's falling under. And it's just the way the cookie crumbled in this case. Right. Fire came at a bad time. But guess what? The fire could have come at any time. Somebody was probably deployed. I bet you're going to find that Oregon is constantly deploying people from the National Guard, just like all National Guards are deploying all over the world. Uh, and Afghanistan is a priority. You know, we're doing a drawdown in Afghanistan. So what happens? We don't do the drawdown now. 
then guess what? People are like, oh, I can't believe you're not doing the drawdown. I mean, you really just can't win in some cases. Believe me, my heart goes out for the people of Oregon uh, that over this fire. But, you know, the six helicopters aren't the reason they're having hard times. It's because they got some crazy lunatics that like setting fire to things. That's a much bigger problem that we should be dealing with. One of the arguments that I also have uh, regarding the helicopter situation, I see a lot of headlines that are, you know, sort of clickbait and captivating and riling the citizens one way or another. One of the things that they're not pointing out is that those helicopters can only fly in certain uh, weather conditions. And even if they were not deployed and if they were still in Oregon, the likelihood of them being able to fly in some of the conditions that are currently going on is pretty small. It's not like those helicopters, those six helicopters would have been in full-time 24-hour service. And the other thing that gives me a little bit of hope is that, of course, there are the mutual aid agreements between states and, and other countries as well, who are also capable of sending in equipment as needed. So my frustration at this point is that there's a lack of understanding of how firefighting is accomplished, um, the weather factors that get involved, and the willingness by some to just point the finger at an administration that everybody wants to point a finger at and say, it's all your fault that Oregon is on fire and these six helicopters should be stateside right now. I hear exactly what you're saying. I'm going to point my finger at the administration on this sense. Does the Air Force have National Guard as well? Does the Air Force? I don't know. Keep talking. I'll go look. Because we could definitely get aircraft from Utah. We could definitely get aircraft from Texas, even Fort Hood. A state of emergency should have been declared. The president should have said, look, we can reallocate these aircraft right here to go out west and help with this firefighting. Because the sooner you put this fire out, the better it's going to be. You can't let it just get worse. It could have definitely shifted around forces on the ground all the down along the coast for states that are not in jeopardy to have them go out there and support that effort. So yeah, the administration is at fault. They're doing a, once again, a horrible job of helping the West coast, which isn't unusual. It's like, he thinks that that's not even part of his responsibility is to take care of the West coast because they don't support him. Is it the president's responsibility to call the state of emergency or does the governor need to do that first? Or in something this big, you would expect the president to step up regardless of what the governor has done? I do believe that the states need to call for that. During Katrina, the mayor, I think it might have been, of New Orleans was like, we don't want your help. George Bush was was trying to get forces ready to deploy there because it takes a moment. We're a United States of America. And I honestly think that the current administration doesn't know what that means. So he shouldn't have to wait. He should be looking out there and stand by. Hey, guys, real quick, I need you guys to get ready to be deploying to Oregon in the next 72 hours. Then call the governor and say, look, if you need some help, I'm going to be 24 hours away. Everybody's on standby right now to support you. And I can guarantee you one thing, that call didn't happen, but he probably went golfing. There is something called an Air National Guard. I have no idea what it does. There's resources available all throughout. I mean, we have 50 states here, you know, 48 attached that he could have easily gone to and says, look at, you know, three of the states are in trouble and all the border states, I need you to help them out any way you can with your National Guard units. 
or the Air Force. I don't really know how much the Air Force is allowed to do as far as fighting fires on the West Coast, but I bet there's a lot of Air Force leadership that are looking at me right now and going, we can do this and this and this. And the bottom line is someone should be telling that to the person sitting in that Oval Office. And the worst thing about it is I bet you somebody already did. And he didn't even pay attention. He's like, really? That's good. When does my next golf tee off start? You don't have to listen to me. Just look at his actions. Actions speak much louder. I find it disappointing. You know, it's the entire West Coast is on fire. It's happening every year. There is definitely a climate crisis. Can't deny that anymore. I think I heard Governor Newsom recently saying that, trying to say, yep, this is climate is definitely changing. So I've watched in the last couple of years as the state governors have formed coalitions and working groups to manage things. Uh, For instance, uh, Governor Jay Inslee started a climate change coalition. And then during the pandemic, there have been these, I don't know what to call them, loose coalitions of states who have uh, adjoining borders who have agreed that they're going to work together. Is this because we don't have proper executive leadership? Or is this something that is a natural outcome of the significant size of the United States, specifically with population. Um, You know, we're looking at uh, 340 million people um, spread across 50 states. And I wonder whether or not a federal government can appropriately govern that many people. It could be a little bit of both. I hate to hate to bring up Joe Rogan, but but he was, but I love it when you bring up Joe Rogan. But he he made that point once. He's like, you know, it's crazy to think one person can govern three hundred forty million people. That's where our problem lies. Which is maybe the experiment called the United States is coming to an end. Maybe it really didn't work. It might have worked for thirteen colonies. That's great. That's and that might be what it needs to get back to again. The East Coast is its own entity. Uh, the Midwest is its own entity. California, Oregon, and Washington State might decide to line themselves with Baja, California, and just become the second largest economy in the world. Because California alone is the fifth largest economy in the world. And if it had all those other assets to it, it, it could control its own border. There'd be a wall that went up from... Uh, San Diego all the way north to Canada, and they wouldn't allow any more of the those who wander in here from the East Coast to come to California, which would create a lot less problem, a lot less crowding, you know, and we have a lot more autonomy over what what, what assets California has, you know. Of course, that would end manifest destiny. Boop, that'd be gone forever. But who cares? It's a failed experiment. And we see it right now. Like As of right now, the U.S. is a failed experiment. Out of our time of history, we've been at war pretty much about, I think, 222 years, 226 years of pure warfare. So it's a failed experiment. You know, people, there is no, there is, there isn't a melting pot. It's just a place where racism has thrived and will continue to thrive. So, I mean, there are some good things. I mean, I definitely like, you know, my lifestyle being an American, but is it a failed experiment? Yeah, it's a failed experiment. So maybe it is time that we take a step back and say, hey, we can't get one leader, then maybe we should get multiple ones. 
I think that the way that we are currently governed is not serving the people. I also think that the people are so split now that we can't agree upon how we should be served by a large federal government. I'm not sure that dividing it into smaller nations would work. I'd have to look at the history to see where that's happened in the past. But I do agree that it is, a, at this point, a failed experiment, much to my sadness and trepidation. There's a charm by a group called the Charlie Daniels Band. It's called In America. And that's one of my favorite songs, because even though we might get sad and that stuff, in the end, we're still Americans. In the end, I think we should all stick together until that great ball in the sky comes flying down at us. But that's another story. Anyway, that was a fun talk. Yay. Yay. Talk to you later. I'll talk to you tomorrow.